Hello, Student Pilot Cast listeners. We have a very special episode 11 of the audio cast today. I had the pleasure of talking with Jerry from the Virginia Student Pilot Podcast. Jerry's podcast is similar to mine in that he's chronicling his path to becoming a pilot, of course, in Virginia. Jerry took a couple of months to update his cast, but I'm happy to say that he's back on the bandwagon. And as of the release of this episode, Jerry has released his episode five, and I'm excited to listen to it when I'm traveling tomorrow. Please check it out. Jerry does a great job and always includes cockpit audio as well, so you'll want to subscribe. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango's at Chandler Air Service. We have Zulu, and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. Like I said, I had the pleasure of talking with Jerry today, and the best part of it was that it was the day after his first solo. So while I'm sure he'll cover that flight in his own podcast, we kind of have the exclusive scoop on one of the newest pilots around. Jerry's a great guy, and I really enjoyed talking with him. It's quite amazing, actually, how much he and I have in common. The commonality gets even more amazing when you consider that I started the student pilot cast literally only two weeks before the first posting of the Virginia student pilot, student pilot cast. And we started our training, I think, within about a week of each other. Great minds think alike, I guess. From the first time we found each other's podcast, we've been wanting to do a joint show because of the similarities. And we finally got together. Jerry may post our talk in his feed as well, and I hope he does. I hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I did. And I want to thank Jerry for taking the time to talk with us. I'll apologize right now, though, for the abrupt ending. While we were winding down our discussion, my recording equipment stopped because I wasn't paying attention. So I lost about the last two to three minutes. So you'll notice that we just sort of abruptly ended. I wish that wouldn't have happened, but what's done is done. Most of our conversation is here, though. So enjoy. First question I wanted to ask you is, why did you get involved in aviation? Well, you know, uh, I, I think I mentioned this early on in, in, in early podcasts. You know, I, I, as a kid growing up, I grew up during the Apollo era. And, and I say I'm a child of Apollo. I think it, it, it really shaped you know, my life. But, you know, I don't think it was really unusual because back then a lot of kids, you know, the space program, everybody wanted to be an astronaut. The space program was, you know, was the finest thing probably I think our country's ever done. But uh, but everybody wanted to be an astronaut. Now, to do that, of course, you had to be a pilot. And uh, and I don't know, I've always loved, the you know, the rockets and airplanes. I just loved everything aviation ever since I was a little kid. Uh, you know, flew the models as a kid. I float, fly the models now as an adult, too. <laughs> See, never really grow up, but, uh, but airplanes, look, I, I've always said anything that flies is just really cool. And I've always kind of wanted to be a pilot, but you know, so many things, you know, so I guess the first question, make excuses as to why not, I think. And you say, well, yeah, yeah, I don't have the money or I don't have the time for the longest time I was saying, well, I'd like to be a pilot, but then that would require me to actually have to fly to keep your skills up. Because unlike radio control in a real airplane, you got to know what you're doing. Cause <laughs> you know, you're putting your life on the line up there. So I kind of use that as, as an excuse to stay away from it. And I finally said, you know, enough of this, man, it's time, past time. So. Yeah, when you when you're flying models, uh, you can you can screw up really bad and just repair it or rebuild it. But you only get one chance to screw up really bad when you're in a scale airplane, right? 
Absolutely. And I've, uh, <laughs> and I've screwed up lots of models. I, th- I think I've crashed everything I've ever flown. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I did a stint uh, in model airplanes, too. I have a couple uh, here at the house and, you know, enjoyed flying those. It, it, didn't, it didn't scratch the itch that I had. Uh, enough to uh, keep me from becoming a pilot, obviously. But the the old adage I always heard was, you know, that there isn't a model airplane that's not going to crash if you keep flying it. Yeah, we have a. I have a saying that, uh, or maybe I didn't make it up, but maybe I heard it somewhere. But every one of those models has an expiration date. You just don't know what it is when you buy the, you know, when you get that brand new box in your garage. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Uh, yeah. the, Luckily, it's not the same. Uh, we don't we don't follow that same pattern in the uh, you know real airplane world. Thank good, thank goodness for that. <laughs> exactly. So, how's the training going? Well, you know, uh, it's it's going great. And a couple of things, I've had I had some sort of unavoidable delays, and and I I made what in retrospect might have been a mistake in scheduling lessons only once a week because it just takes a long time to get anywhere with that. But finally, I got to do. Uh, I got to actually get my first solo in actually yesterday, and I got to tell you that has got to be the coolest thing I've ever done. When the instructor hops out and you're taxiing that plane, and I'm sure you remember this, Bill, when you're you're taxiing that thing by yourself, it's just surreal. You're you're like I can't believe they're going to let me take this thing off and land it by myself. It's amazing. And then you just your training just I hate to I hate to sound like a robot, but your training just kicks in, and then you just do all the things, you know, that you've been training and you've done. I've got at least a hundred landings, probably probably yeah, more. Than really, yeah, you really don't change anything when he steps out. It's it's more of an emotional thing, right? It's it just amazing, just amazing. I, I I was I was just blown away. I mean, I've I've heard all the stories from everybody saying how cool, you know, what a, what a, what a really what a major event soloing is, and and until you experience it yourself, I I don't think you really know. <laughs> so yeah, was, exactly. So that was awesome. So from this point, I've uh, I've decided actually right before I did the solo, I decided I was going to ramp up my training to two times a week. You know, more than anything else, just to you know, just to get a move on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not pleased with the the the, 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 the pace that it's it's just going too slow. I want to I want to speed it up, and then you know, of course, flying more frequently will will um, will reinforce skills, and you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I made I made that same commitment up front where I, you know, I wanted to average three three flights a week, and I did. I made that decision because of everybody telling me that unless you do, you know, two three flights a week, you're going to end up spending a lot more money. It's going to take forever, and um, you, you'll get discouraged because of the pace. So I just, you know, I kind of. I kind of waited until I was in a position where I could just say, okay, I'm going to do it. This is kind of what I'm going to be doing for the next three months or so, you know. (laughs) So it doesn't leave a lot of time for a lot of extra things because, uh, as you know, when you're training, for every hour or so you spend in the cockpit, there's uh, several hours of preparation and reading and study on the ground. So have you noticed that as well? Well, you know, I'm I'm blown away by how much there is to learn, and 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 so I thought, well, I'll get a head start on that stuff, and I really started diving into it before I started flight training. But the problem with that is you kind of forget a lot of stuff, yeah. And uh, having the flying reinforce the learning is, I think, the way to do it. And I think, you know, if, as the pilot cast guys said on their most recent pilot cast, you're doing it the right way. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so there's a there's a huge endorsement, and and when, when Kent. Uh, when Kent says that, that uh, you know, that actually means something to me. He's a pretty experienced pilot, so that that yeah. uh, that was a nice uh, comment from him. 
Yeah, those guys are great. As we, as we were talking about before we started rolling tape, the podcast was my was my first introduction to any kind of podcast having to do with piloting. Mine as and, well. Yep. Yeah, and it, I thought, don't, don't, wouldn't you agree? A lot of really good stuff there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I was. I, I think I mentioned this um, when I was talking to PJ, but I absolutely went through a withdrawal when I earlier this year when I caught up on all the episodes from the pilot cast. I, I was going, "What, what am I going to do? You know, I, ha- I have nothing to." <clears throat> Excuse me. I have nothing to listen to while I'm driving around to my customers, or you know, going to work, or or whatever. And uh, it was it was like this big void. And I've actually, since I mentioned that, I've actually heard from several people who've contacted me and said, you know, I I feel that same way when I when I catch up on one of these you know these podcasts that's been around for a while. So it's a pretty interesting thing how we just I, it, you know there's a lot of people out there like you and I, and we just kind of crave that. That information and that involvement. I, I'm surprised. I thought I was the only, uh, or, or at least one of few aviation geeks out there that just can't get enough of this stuff. But it, it you know, I found since doing this cast that there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's very gratifying. I was telling you before we – a little while ago that I got an email from a woman who in Salt Lake City who is – she picks up on the fact that I'm a musician. And uh, it turns out she's the principal harpist for the – I think the Salt Lake City Philharmonic, which was awesome. You know, Unbelievable. And she just got her solo in. Louise, great job, Louise. Bravo Zulu. She just got her solo in just I guess a week ago maybe or two weeks ago. So it was interesting talking to her about – emailing her back and forth about the similarities between playing music and – or you know. Walking out on a stage and then you know walking out for your solo. Although I did point out that you know when you walk out on a, a concert stage, you don't risk killing yourself. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was it's so cool. It's it's so cool. I like everything the podcast guys did, except of course for Dan's comments about radio control. <laughs> but yeah. I'll have to talk to him about that one day, but I think he's heard enough grief from everybody over that. It, it sounded like it. I think he. I think he put out a retraction on the next episode. But. Uh, yeah, actually, he did. I, I, actually, I was really incensed. Actually, I'm walking, you know, doing my run or whatever, and I heard him say that "get a life," and I was kind of incensed. You know, yeah. Was, I think about it now. It's really funny. I'm just anyway. It's cool. Yeah. So uh, congratulations on your solo. I got an email from you yesterday that you had soloed and and was really happy for you. And I know you've talked about it a little bit, but uh, do you want to expand a little bit on on what it was like and what happened? Yeah, sure. It was it was pretty funny actually. We're uh, you know we're taxiing down now. The, the the standard protocol is you do three takeoffs and landings with your instructor, and if everything looks good, you feel good, the weather's right, uh, he hops out and you do it yourself. So we're we're taxiing down for the first takeoff, and there are Loudoun County police officers, you know, in the motorcycles and the and their SUVs on the taxiway. So. So Bob thinks to call the airport operator to ask why these guys are there because sometimes they'll the cops will be there if a dignitary is coming in and if you're in the pattern they'll divert you and of course he didn't want me getting diverted <laughs> you know yeah. my first solo that would have been a drag. Well, you didn't when you were when you were taxiing up you didn't think you were in trouble did you? Uh, you know. <laughs> For for a change, no. Actually, I knew I was all legal and everything else, so we were cool. Oh, I couldn't resist. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Cops. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But now I sell insurance, so I should I should really appreciate those guys more than I probably do. But uh, it turns out the, the turns out the cops were just testing their radar gun, so that was no big deal. Uh, we did 
it was just yeah, – I, I must preface this by saying my first solo attempt was supposed to be Wednesday, two, you know, two days prior, and it was a howling crosswind that day, 15 with 90-mile-an-hour gusts coming 90 degrees right across the runway. And I got to tell you, that was a bad day. I, I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't control – the plane was bouncing all over the place. I was not making good landings. I thought really to myself, what am I doing? You know, I got yeah. you know, 13, 14 hours, whatever, and I feel like I don't know – the slightest thing about what's going down. But I do know one thing, that sometimes some days are really terrible, but a day later it could be completely different and you could be on top of the world. So I sort of I knew that kind of in the back of my mind. So Friday I was prepared. It was beautiful, no wind. I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be it. And, yeah, it was uh, when, I, when, I t- when I took off the, for the very first time, it was, you know, of course, the plane jumps off a little quicker. It climbs a little faster without the instructor wait <clears throat> but you just repeat all those procedures you know you make your turns at the altitude you watch your airspeed and actually <laughs> the first landing of the three was by far the best i don't know what happened on the other two but it pretty much greased the first one and, and when i pulled off after that first one uh, i just I, I just couldn't believe it now i had i recorded the audio uh as i always do for my own podcast uh vastudentpilot.com and I was just carrying on like a Looney Tune, so I'm probably going to edit much of that stuff out. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to edit that out. We all want to hear it. All right, maybe maybe I'll leave it in then. Okay. Oh, uh, I was I was uh, my first time around. I couldn't stop talking. I was so excited. I'm I'm still. It's it's Saturday. It's the next day, and I'm still I'm still blown away and excited by it. I just it's it, you know it's a, it's a huge step in and the fact that they trust you to do that and you you actually perform it you, you we're actually i think we're, we're actually probably a little bit better than we think and and if you're a musician you know uh you're your own worst critic and oh yeah and it's 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 awful and i'm, I'm sure that's true for anything you do that's you know pretty much anything and i this, i think it applies to flying planes too you know your instructor probably knows a little better than you know you know what you're capable of, yeah. and uh, and that was very cool to have that reinforced. That I just I can't say enough. It was it was just the coolest thing I've ever done. Now, did you know uh, going into this day that you were going to be soloing? Yeah, I, I was sure of it because I was. It was supposed to be Wednesday, but with those crosswinds, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> we made 14 landings that day, and my instructor said, "Man, this got to be some kind of a record." <laughs> Wow, you did fourteen. So you did uh, you did eleven before you before he got out, huh? Well, no, no, no. This was on Wednesday with the cross. Oh, on Wednesday, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, on Wednesday, I did fourteen landings, and I tell you, I felt like I got run over by a truck when I left the airport. That hall was tired, worn out, frustrated, kind of mad. <laughs> oh man, what what a great experience though! In those types of winds and doing that many landings, you, I mean, it must have been like a walk in the park on Friday when you soloed. Dude, it was completely a walk in the park. I couldn't get over how much how how easy it was. It was as if I had been doing it all along. It was absolutely no problem. Uh, I I couldn't believe it. It was it was just completely night and day. So that adversity. So, so I think I come away with the lesson that that adversity. Sometimes when those days aren't so good, you're really probably you know making some really good progress there in, in ways that might not be immediately apparent. Yeah. Well, you know what they you say know? about experiences that don't kill you, right? <laughs> just make you stronger so. indeed indeed so so yeah it was uh it was out of control man i i just i still as you can tell i'm i'm, I'm still on a cloud oh yeah and i love i love to hear it in your voice because it uh it really takes me back uh, a whole what four weeks ago when i did my wow <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm told then that now from this point i'm told that the training goes pretty quickly would you uh would you 
I totally that, agree. I mean, I'm not done yet, um, but I, I did do my first cross-country. Man, when was it? Sometime last week, maybe Tuesday. And, I mean, I'm just amazed at how fast everything is coming at me now. And I'm actually going to be doing my first solo cross-country next week. <laughs> awesome. So. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's incredible, and you know I'm projecting. I mean, as we record this, it's um, the 21st of of June, and I'm projecting that sometime in July. Uh, you know, I'm hoping before Oshkosh, I I uh, take my check ride. I'm not going to say necessarily have my ticket because uh, I don't want to I don't want to jinx myself, but uh, yeah. but I do want to take the check ride. Well, you, Bill, you're an inspiration, man. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> it's it's really it's really coming at me fast. I'm telling you, but I, I I'm just loving every minute of it. And the experience of of doing the cross country was just fantastic. And I and I've been looking forward to it. And it it met all the expectations. I mean, every step of the way. Here's the thing: is when I when I soloed, I thought, man, that what an experience. A few days later, I was doing my third solo away from the airport, and I thought. Wow this this was this was even a more significant experience I think than my than my solo in the pattern because from start to to finish I was in command of the the airplane and I was making all the decisions and I was going out there doing some maneuvers and coming back and did a few touch and goes it, completely in control and I felt I felt like that was a huge huge step in my training where I felt like a real pilot you know and I thought, man, it just doesn't get any better than this. And then I move forward and I, and I, I do that first cross country. I'm going, oh, this, this is what it feels like to, to be a real pilot, you know, doing all the planning. And I mean, it's just incredible. It just keeps coming at you and it keeps getting better and better and better. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, do you have uh, do you have built-in family that's ready and waiting to uh, hop in the plane with you when you get your ticket? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. I have I actually have uh, three fairly young boys and a wonderful wife who's being very supportive in my training. And she's it, on one hand, it's pretty interesting. I, I really ought to have her on the podcast one of these days because uh, it's really interesting. She's she's very supportive, and she's not one of those people who's afraid of flying or anything. But sometimes she she shakes her head a little bit and goes, "They're really letting you do that." <laughs> You just started like a month and a half ago or two months ago. They're really letting you do that? And I'm going, yeah, it kind of amazes me too. But, but yeah, they're telling me I need to go do this. You know, That's what I can't get. I can't get over that. They're actually going to let me take the plane <laughs> by yeah. myself. I just – I'm giggling like a school child, man. But it's, it's just that – it's that sense of wonder and amazement and, and uh, wow. It, it really is. And, and I can definitely hear it in your voice and it, it's fantastic. Yeah. So once you uh, once you get your ticket, what what do you expect to do with uh, with aviation? Well, I, I, my plan at this point, anyway, is to pretty much t- maybe take a small, maybe a short break, but then pretty much go into instrument training and get an instrument rating. I think that just expand. Not only does it expand your flying possibilities, but it also, uh, from what I'm told from everybody, makes it really does sharpen your piloting skill too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's a plan. But but to, I, I'd like to use the airplane to go, you know, to visit. I have family up in New York. My my actually my sister's boyfriend has this great place up in the Catskills that is sort of like a bungalow colony. And if you know the Catskills, they were really it was sort of a retreat from New York City for a lot of people for a lot of years. No. and uh, it's all Irishmen, so it's it's really great. But I drove up there a few weeks ago, and it took seven hours to drive up there. And I think in a plane, I I don't know, maybe what two hours, perhaps. And it just so happened. They have a GA, you know a GA airport right there, 
which will sell you glider rides. I got to check that out too. That looks like a lot of fun. Definitely. So, uh, so one of my goals is to get up to New York and, and actually fly up there and hang for the weekend. I mean, how cool would that be? You just hop in the plane and go uh, fly somewhere. I, I have insurance clients that own planes, and and you know they go to the beach. Now, from Northern Virginia to get to say Ocean City, Maryland, it's it's with no traffic. It's a four and a half hour drive, but there's never no traffic. It's just a parking lot all the way. So I got a client that you know hops in his. Hops in his plane and, and he's there in no time flat. He's been doing it for a couple of years, and uh, that to me, just the, the freedom of that. Just uh, I don't know what can I say that you, that cannot be beat. Yeah, that, that sense of freedom is one of my motivations as well. And you already have your first passenger all uh, ready to go. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I have actually I haven't really given that much thought yet. <laughs> uh, so not really sure about that. But I, uh, I keep thinking how great it's going to be to take you know, to take my wife up for the first time. And that's one of the, that's one of the big things that is motivating me too, is being able to share the wonder that I have about that sense of freedom and about the beauty from the sky with, with other people. I'm really excited about that. I'd like to, I'd like to chime in on that too, Bill. One thing became apparent fairly early in radio control flying. It's much, much more fun when you do it with friends because it becomes a social activity. And I think right. flying planes is the same exact thing. Solos are amazing in the, in the early thing, but I don't know if I necessarily want to just fly by myself. I, I think it would be a whole lot more fun with, uh, with a passenger or two. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, the solos are significant because of the significance in, in your training and because of your, your progress. But I agree. I mean, the, the real fun of, of flying is going to be sharing it with other people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. So do you remember the first flight you ever had in a light, light aircraft? You know, that's funny you should ask that. I do. And oddly enough, it was at Leesburg Airport, the airport that I'm training at. I was, uh, I was uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a musician. And I, as a trombone player, we don't get many gigs. <laughs> We're like the Rodney Dangerfield of instruments. But, uh, <laughs> but big bands, jazz big bands are, are a ready market for our skills. So I've been playing uh, regularly with, with a jazz orchestra around D.C. here for, I don't know, 15 years. So we were doing a gig out at the airport. And it was a World War II memorial kind of thing. We, of course, played World War, World War II music, naturally, and we have the, we had the uniforms, the whole nine yards. There was some warbirds that were in for this thing. It was a whole big deal. And they were given plane rides. So I asked to – I wanted to go in the smallest plane they had just to get that seat-of-the-pants feeling. And uh, there was an older guy. He was an ex-like United pilot, probably had 8,000 hours. And they took me up in a 152. Might have, might have even been a 150. I don't know. It was – Maybe it was a 150, and I just remember flying around and going, "You're going to land on that little runway," because <laughs> <You know? laughs> from the air, you know, to your unaccustomed eyes, it just looks like the tiniest little patch of ground. It was like it was no problem, and I thought. And the other thing that blew me away about that was that how 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 the airplane in the air is such a you know how you feel every slight movement that the air you really at one with the air and you move with the air mm-hmm. and, and and so the, the the seat of the pants flying thing that that really oh uh, okay i see what you mean because yeah because <laughs> it was it, it was just very much that that kind of perspective so i thought that was really cool it was a lot of fun a tiny little plane and and uh yeah for some reason i remember that i, I don't know why how, how long ago did you say it was oh I, that probably was at least at least 10 years ago probably oh okay all right. back while back now, now a friend of mine, uh, his wife Jill has a, a Cessna 182, and prior to and I, so I've asked her for rides in the past and went up with her last year, probably last before I had contemplated pilot training, 
And uh, then again, then again in January, when I knew I was going to start training, you know, to just sort of ask her, you know, what, you know, just get her perspective as she's an instrument pilot, and you know, just get her, you know, a, a pilot's perspective on what what this was going to be. So that was really cool, and she let me fly the. So, so okay, she might just have been, you know blowing smoke at me but the first time she let me fly her plane out there in the which, which would have been i guess the practice area she seemed to feel i had a pretty natural handle on it from from flying radio control i don't know she could have just been just been saying that but but uh, i think that radio control helps i mean because you, you know how a plane flies so i think i think that does translate but there's nothing like sitting in the seat you know in the left seat and actually doing it yourself that yeah that's that's different and, yeah, and exciting and great the amount of senses that are feeding you information when you do that is incredible. Yeah, uh, as as my friend Jim, who who I met in the gym the other day and found out he's training right there at Leesburg too, said early on it's like getting information out of a fire hose. And, yeah. and that's certainly how I I couldn't believe how much stuff is coming at you and how many balls you got to juggle. But you know, eventually, the, you know, the game slows down. And uh, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, no question. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. We, we would never get our tickets, right? Abs- absolutely not. I guess that's the point of practicing. So, so tell me about your your podcast. Uh, why? What made you? What made you start doing that? You know, the, I've been a, a avid podcast listener for several years now, mainly science related podcasts. But you know, there's podcasts on any subject you want. And so when I when I began to contemplate pilot training, I looked on the internet to find stuff and found PilotCast right away. And uh, some other student, uh, Will, uh, Pilot Will's, uh, student, then student Pilot Will's podcast, and thought, you know, this, this would be a great vehicle. If nothing else, then it would have, you'd have a record of your own training. And then that was really the motivation to have a, a journal, as it were, of what that process was going to be like. So that was really the motivation, and it's and as you know, it's rewarding because you get contact as as it gets out there and people find out about it. You get, you know, emails from people all over the place that are, you know, that share your passion, and yeah. and that and that is that's just the coolest thing, that we're 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 all in the sort of the same the exact same boat, and it's it's gratifying that. You know, people, you know, support your efforts that way. But I think ultimately it's it's going to be a record that, you know, it's out there, man. It's in cyberspace. It's going to be there, you know, forever. Who knows? Yeah. And that's uh, VAStudentPilot.com, correct? Yeah, VAStudentPilot.com. You could subscribe to it on iTunes. And with your help, Bill, uh, I'll get that feed fixed. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to use iTunes. I'm going to work on that today, actually. Great. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised that you know how much how much work it is to do those, and, and I meant to mention this before with the PilotCast guys. You know, they for for a long time there they were pretty steady about putting stuff out, and I think Mike probably does a lot of that editing, uh, and then they kind of slowed down with it. But you know, now doing my own, I realize it's it's a ton of work. It really uh, is. Yeah. Not that it's hard work. We like it, right? We enjoy it. Yeah. But it just takes a lot of time. And I, I don't think I really appreciated that, you know, going into it. Or, yeah, but you're or, right. That, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, or, or Mike at PilotCast, you know, I'm now thinking, man, the stuff that they've done, how much work has that guy done to, to make that happen? Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Th- thanks, Mike. <laughs> We've all enjoyed it very, very much. Inspired Absolutely. A lot, inspired Absolutely. a lot of us to uh, to follow suit. And like you said, I, you know, the, the result is incredible. Um you know, pe- people contacting you, uh, just having that that rich record of of your flying is incredible in and of itself. But then you add in all the social uh, opportunities that it brings up. I was telling one of my listeners emailed me a couple of days ago, and I, I responded to him, and and 
said, you know, he, you know, he was thanking me for do, for doing the the podcast, and I said, you know, uh, it is a lot of work, but I, I get so much more back. I don't have a lot of you know, a support system, if you will, of pilots that I know. I, I used to know a lot more pilots when I was younger in college, but uh, they've all since uh, moved on or gotten out of flying or, you know, whatever. And so I don't have a lot, I, you know, I don't have a big support system of, of pilots and I, I'm not an insider in the, uh, in the aviation world, but starting the podcast, it, I told, I told this listener, it, it takes a lot of time, but it, it feels like I now have a hundred mentors that I would have never had. And another hundred, I, I called them underclassmen, people that want to start training and will start training that are sort of cheering me on. And it just, it makes it worth it. I mean, that alone is, is worth the price of admission, in my opinion. So ho- hopefully that uh, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I completely know exactly what you're talking about. You know, how I, I would not have met Greg Summers of the uh, his, he's, he's got a great video podcast. You, I don't know if you've talked about that before on, on your podcast. I mentioned it when I was talking to PJ, but uh, you and I were talking about it beforehand. I, 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 he, it's just an incredible uh, resource. It's incredible entertainment. Uh, studentpilotjournal.com. Studentpilotjournal.com. That's right, with Greg Summers. What a, and what a great guy, too. What a nice guy. And, you know, you wouldn't you, – I mean, you wouldn't meet – these kind of people necessary. I mean, if you didn't get yourself involved with it, I mean, how would you, it's, it's great. It opens up that opportunity to meet great guys like that and that are totally willing to help you out. Anything yep. you need. It's, 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 it's amazing. And a public congratulations to Greg. Uh, I think I mentioned it in my last video that I, that I released, but congratulations to Greg on, on uh, passing his check ride and, and getting his uh, temporary airman certificate. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm jealous as can be, but uh, hopefully we'll both be there soon. So. Bravo Zulu, Greg. Great job, man. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. I, I just, I, I absolutely like waiting for the next pilot cast episode or, or any of them, really. I, I can't wait until I see more of his video. Uh, you know, I, I also understand intimately how difficult it is to sometimes get these things out. So. I won't. I won't. I don't think I'll spoil the. Uh, I don't think I'll put a spoiler out by by mentioning. I was talking to Greg the other day, and he he just got a ride in a a Cirrus G3 Turbo, and he said, oh. "Jerry, he said I don't want to make you jealous, but I'm going to tell you about this experience." And, uh, and I really, really hope. He, I really hope he got video of it. He he did get some video, but uh, not maybe not as much as he liked. But come on, Greg, get that out there. We all want to check that out. No question. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and. But, uh, I was just captivated. Every episode, I was just captivated with you know him doing his lessons and doing his cross countries on video, and you know just I just wanted more. I just wanted more of it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, who knows? We might spawn a cottage industry here of you know new pilot training podcast. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's great. Everybody jump in. Yeah, everybody jump in. It's great. We just can't get enough of it. Absolutely. So, um, what's next for you? You've got some episodes coming out. Yeah, I actually have one in the can I'll, I'll upload today, and I have audio from all my lessons except for one where the, I didn't put the microphone under my headset, so it, you probably all, only hear propeller noise with that one. Uh, but yeah, I have all those up to this point, and I've got, you know, I, I guess about 12 or 13 total. I got number five going up today, and then I just need to buckle down and get those others out. I might actually combine a few just to accelerate the process because, you know, it really – it's not cool to be behind on that because then you're thinking, you know, in the back of your head, oh, I got to get that out, and I'd rather not be there. So Exactly. Um, yeah, I, mean, you, I, I don't know how you do it, man, because you're, you're flying three times a week, are you? I am, yeah. How do you do the podcast, too? Well, it, it was harder at first. Yeah, you just sort of get into um, a rhythm, and I was – 
I was trying to combine them, and then uh, I was going to start trying to just do smaller casts, but but do them for one lesson or a more succinct topic, and you know just get more out. That way, you don't always feel like this thing's hanging over you. But yeah, I'm I'm a good boy. I'm I'm a good two two to three weeks behind, but that's just going to be the, the standard lead time, I think, just to get them out. And, you know, you just, you just start to get into a rhythm. And it took me probably until about my seventh episode. So you'll, you're probably close to kind of hitting that rhythm. So, Yeah, it's, it's funny. I've, I've maintained a website for my other hobby, which is high power rocketry for, for years now. And I've cut a lot of video for that. But those videos t- t- tend to be only, you know, really because they're web videos and they, you know, they take a lot of time to download without, broadband anyway they, they tend not to be more than at most a minute in duration so if you're talking about a 20 minute or 15 minute you know podcast um sorry about that my phone's ringing that's just it's just quite it's quite a bit more time involved so but maybe hopefully you're right hopefully i'll hit that stride and yeah and uh, start banging them out regular well we could definitely compare notes uh to and and see if we can learn anything off of each other so cool so uh, tell me about your your music well, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a trombonist, uh, although I don't play professionally. I used to when I was younger. kind of hard making a, a living as a musician. Anybody who does that, boy, I have all the respect for in the world. And, yeah. and, and, and around here, around D.C., uh, the D.C. area, there are so many good musicians because the, the services hire musicians for all the various bands. So we actually have quite a bit of competition around here for gigs, <laughs> you know. Huh. Uh, the, the military guys tend to be first call because it's perceived that they're just, you know, the very best players. And, you know, by and large, they are. Uh, so, but they're also a good resource, too. So yeah. I play, you know, I play um, my own, like, jazz quartet or, or, or jazz big bands around town or, you know, any gig that I think has a fun, you know, a fun quotient attached to it. I, I, I don't do weddings anymore. I used to when I was younger, but, you know, they're, I guess they're fun for the person who's getting married, but as a musician, that's, I don't know, not, not, not the most fun kind of gig. Yeah, but it's, it's fun, and it's amazing how, how similar flying skills and music are. I've talked about this in my podcast. Uh, you know, as a musician, you can, you can improve, and you can get better, and you can practice, and, you know, but you never, ever perfect it. And right. I love that about flying planes because – and I know that's true for radio control skills because there are guys, you know, world champions. In fact, a couple of them live around here. I know them that they're out con- constantly practicing and their, their skills are just off the chart so much further down than, than I am. And, and you, but that gives you – yet at the same time, it's, it's depressing, <laughs> but it gives you something to say, wow, I could, I could work toward that. And I, I look forward to doing that in the in the flying thing to get you know not just to be a pilot but to be a really good pilot. Yeah, and the and the best endeavors are always those that you can never quite achieve perfection, right? So, you know, there's always another mystery to unlock with flying and, and probably music as well. I mean, I have to admit, I'm I, I am a, a great appreciator of music with no talent. So. <laughs> well, your creative outlets go elsewhere. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess everybody so. has it. How we express it is, you know, is our own individual thing. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, so that has that similarity, and I, I absolutely love that. That you know, we we know that it's going to be a lifelong pursuit, you know, of perfection, never attaining it, but always reaching for it. It gives you a goal. It gives you something to strive for. It's it's awesome. Very cool. So, do you have any uh, uh, shout outs you'd like to uh, send out there? 
Well, you know, uh, you know, shout out to, of course, as we talked about, to uh, to Greg Summers, studentpilotjournal.com. That that uh, he's a great guy, and that's a great podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Will Hawkins, who is uh, his podcast was one that I listened to in its entirety before the Student Pilot uh, Student Pilot Flight Podlog, I think it's called. Uh, I he's listened got to the that. most creative uh, <laughs> names for his uh, podcast. Doesn't he? <laughs> that was yeah. How, how many? Make sure we get all the words in there. Uh, yeah, but I, I listened to that thing in its entirety before I even started training. So thank you. Well, I, I picked up actually picked up a lot of cool stuff. Radio stuff came easily to me. I think what well, well, easier because of the benefit I got from you know listening to Will and yeah. uh, the podcast guys. Thank you. Even you, Dan. <laughs> no, just just kidding. Uh, that that was another great resource. And uh, so so yeah, so I'm just I'm just so grateful. All this stuff is available for us to check out. Yeah. So I, I have one. I have one last question for you. So when you did your solo, did the uh, did the cops that were on the field did they tell you your speed? <laughs> somebody actually, it's funny. Somebody else asked me that. No, but they, what what they were doing was uh, they were they were using the taxiway and they were racing their cars down the taxiway, down the unused portion, of course, of the taxiway. Uh, so no, nah, nobody put a, a radar gun on my plane. Thankfully. Uh. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they, and I, you got to figure they were having fun because they were just opening up their cars down a wide open taxiway. Oh uh, yeah, got, we're we're got, all kids at heart. They got a good gig. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah, it was. God, it was great. Very cool. Well, uh, anything yeah. else you think we should talk about? Well, I, I I think we covered it from this point on. I hope I hope that the training goes as you know as quickly as I'm told it will, and I'm, I'm looking forward to those solo cross countries and all that other good stuff. You know, as it progresses, I'm just really looking forward to it because I got to tell you, there has been some tough days, and I know there's going to be more tough days. But but they're they are so overwhelmed and overshadowed by the rewards when things click and they go right. That you, you know, it's, how could you not love this? Come on. No question. Yeah, I just I look forward to it every day, and it's and it's the the studying that goes along with it is uh, is is something I look forward to doing as well. Except for the weather, I have a hard time. I get bored with the weather stuff, but cranking through it as much as I can to make sure I'm I'm safe and competent. But it's not it's not the most interesting topic to me. All the other stuff's great though. <laughs> That's interesting because I don't mind the weather, but I, I find the aerospace stuff rather tedious. And you know, and I'm and we're in the eighties here in, in Leesburg. <laughs> And you know, class Bravo at Dulles, but I just, I just, you know, there's all those limitations, and well, I'll get, I'll get to more of that as I go, but I find that kind of rote memorization stuff less interesting, I guess. Yeah, how many feet from the clouds do you have to be? Yeah, in yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but hey, uh, if that's the price for admission. I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to comment on that you mentioned earlier, how you, you know, you did a lot of studying before you started. I, I did as well. And I think I mentioned this in my introduction, introductory um, podcast. I, I've been so interested in aviation for so long that over the years, I, I would check out, you know, training books and I would buy training books. I probably have on my shelf uh, three or four different private pilot, you know, study books that I've bought over the years. And, uh, of course, some of them are outdated with new airspace changes and so on. But, you know, I did a lot of that beforehand. And I did a lot of learning about flight planning and training, you know, um, learning how to use uh, an E6B, for instance, for instance, and things like that before I ever started. But I kind of stopped doing that except for the required training. I'm going through the, the curriculum training that 
you know, my school has, again, to make sure that I'm, you know, ready. I haven't taken my written test yet. Um, I, I think I'm probably ready to, but I want to I get some more study and practice in beforehand. And I noticed that when, I, when it came to start doing the uh, cross-country planning, I thought, oh, yeah, I've, you know, I, I know this stuff. I'm going to be fine. But a lot of it, since I've been flying and I haven't really been doing it, a lot of it has escaped me. And I was sitting there a couple of times looking, looking at that E6B going, uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> How do I figure out my, my, you know, fuel, my fuel usage? What, I've, you know, I kind of forgot it all. So it, it's, it was sort of a lesson to me that you can't just learn something and then be done with it. And like you mentioned earlier, you're going to have to fly and you're going to have to practice these skills or they're, they're going to leave you, you know? So that was one thing I wanted to add it as, com- as comment to kind of reinforce what you were saying earlier. I, I just noticed that really it came in stark relief really when I went back to the uh, Cessna. The, the Cessna pilot course uh, has uh, CDs that have you know, multimedia, so they basically give you video presentations of the information. And as I went back to review all the stuff before solo, like say the first, I don't know, the first five or six, I was amazed at the stuff, the really good information that I had forgotten. Right. You know, concerning how to do maneuver speeds, all of this is stuff. All the stuff is there, and wow. Uh, and, and you learned it at one point, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always right there for you to grab and retrieve again, right? So, absolutely, I was, I was, I was like, wow, this, this is some good stuff here. Did I totally forget this? <laughs> you, you, and, you and I are infants in this world, and it was just a good, it was a good lesson to, uh, to remind me that I can't just be satisfied. I've always got to be practicing and, and reinforcing it. Yeah, although I will admit, after that Wednesday, after that rough day, after getting hit by the bus, I <laughs> did not read a single aviation thing until Friday, and I, I did nothing pilot related for two for two three days. And that was probably the best thing you could have done to get ready absolutely. for your solo. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of know sometimes when you need to leave it alone. <laughs> Put it down. Put it away. Step away from the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, great. Um, oh, one more thing I wanted to ask you: what What so far do you think? Would you say has been your most challenging aspect of training? Crosswind landings, man. <laughs> yeah, that that is just um, that is a bear, and it's it's tough. I mean, my, I, I had, at, some, at one point during that Wednesday, I said, "Hey, Bob, why don't you take one? Why don't you land one? I'll just follow along with you." Because I was getting so frustrated, and even Bob, forgive me, but even he didn't make a good landing <laughs> in that condition. So, <laughs> kind of felt a little better, oddly enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, the crosswind landings, uh, oddly enough, steep turns. I love those, man. They're, they're, uh, that's probably my favorite maneuver of all. The steep turns, love those. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, crosswind landings. That's that's uh, that, those are a bear. Uh, they're fun in radio control because you can do ridiculous control deflections and you can slip <laughs> a plane, you know, practically ninety degrees to the wind. It's really fun. But in the, when you're sitting in the cockpit, not so much. <laughs> yeah, well, you can also hover a lot of airplane, uh, remote oh, yeah, airplanes too. My planes, so. They're all they're all aerobatic with two to one you know power to weight ratios. Oh yeah, they'll absolutely rocket out of a hover, no problem. Yeah, so it's not always based in uh, in reality as far as uh, their scale, brethren. You know, so uh, no, not at all. But that's kind of what makes it fun. I don't <laughs> exactly. know though. Maybe, exactly. Maybe going down. I mean, one of the things I've heard from other people say that you know their their best endorsement ever on their license was a uh, was a seaplane endorsement. Everybody I've talked to said that was really cool. Really. So, that's on my list. Actually, Greg has an outfit down him near him in Florida that does that for a fairly uh, modest cost. I know the podcast guys talked about it too. Yeah, I don't really even have. I don't even have any idea where I would go for something like that. I guess I'd have to make a trip to Florida. 
<laughs> or you could, or the guy I was talking to. It's funny when I was getting my uh, medical, a guy in the off. I was talking to a guy in the waiting room, and he he got his up in Alaska. So I don't know. Maybe that's equidistant from Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> no, I he said it's Florida's closer. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was real pretty up there. That was really oh, beautiful. Yeah. You can't so beat Alaska. His, yeah, he got a seaplane endorsement up in Alaska. That was cool. So that sounds like fun. And, of course, uh, you know, I, one of the fields I fly radio control at is a full-scale airfield. The owner owns uh, a couple of J-3 Cubs. He has an ultimate biplane, too, in, in his hangar there. Really? And, uh, so, so, yeah, so Cubs are flying in and out of there all day long. Uh, there's also uh, the Flying Circus Air Show, which is right across the road. And on Sundays, those guys will come over and buzz our field, which is in these Stearmans, man, which is <laughs> the coolest old biplane, man, you ever saw it come right. Oh, I, bet, down the- I bet they're quiet too, right? Oh, yeah, real quiet. <laughs> Break your eardrums. It's so cool. I love that, man. <laughs> Those big so old radial quick. engines. Yeah, the big old radials. They'll come screaming down the runway 10 feet off the deck. It's, it's just awesome. Well, you know, they do wing, wing walking over there too, so I guess fast, low passes are no big deal to them. But, yeah, I, flying, flying a J-3 Cub, I mean, that's got to be the epitome of – Old-time aviation, and I, I look forward to that day. The, I guess a couple of weeks ago, we were down flying radio control, and, and uh, Kurt Wicker, is a, is a, he's a kind of a nationally known aerobatic pilot, really, and a sweet guy, too. So he flies his J-3 Cub in there on, on you know, one wheel all the way down the runway, which is kind of fun. And when he left for the day, and he's also an accomplished radio control pilot. The guy's great. So when he leaves right at the end of the day, he gives us a little aerial demonstration of uh, the Cubs' aerobatic abilities. He pulls a loop, you know, which, like a it's not really a loop in a cub. It's more like an ellipse. <laughs> and, uh, does some wing overs and some other crazy stuff, man. I tell you, that was just the coolest thing, man. Wow. I, I don't know if I have the stomach for that kind of those kind of maneuvers, but I, I enjoy. I, I'll, I'll say briefly. I went uh, down to Pax River Naval Air Station a few years ago, and I saw the well, the Blue Angels were there, you know, the, the big show, and I'd never seen them before. But but for me, by far the coolest thing on that whole show was Patty Wagstaff and that extra that. That to me is just—I mean, it just—it it just blew me away. Yeah, she's, she's so good, so aggressive, so fast, and so in total control of that plane that you just go, "Wow!" Yeah, you know, I've never seen—I've never seen Patty in person. I've seen the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds, and you know, just fantastic shows. But I would love to see Patty in person one of these days. Now, apparently, uh, Kurt Wicker is uh, Patty Wagstaff. He's, he's a—I guess—a godfather of one of her. I don't know. He's, he's real close to us. So I'm hoping to get to meet her one of these oh, days. That would be great. Yeah, that would, that would be beyond, beyond category. That would be awesome. So are you going to go out to uh, Oshkosh this year? You know, I'm starting to think about it. I would love to go. I've always wanted to go. I've got some prior commitments uh, out of town, but uh, I'm going to see what I can do. I, I would really, really love to go. What about you? Yeah. It would be awesome. I'm not sure I can. Uh, I, I have I have wonderful flexibility in owning my own business in order from on a day to day basis. But actually getting away for consecutive days is kind of hard because I, you know, I'm by myself with you know one part time person. So it's kind of tough for me to get away. So day to day, I got all the flexibility you could ever desire. But long term, not so much. So I have to see about that. But Oshkosh, man, that is, <laughs> I mean, that is ground zero, man. For yeah, all for, things for are general not, aviation, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would, I don't know. I would, I would love to see. I'll have to, I'll have to, you know, make that, make that call when it gets a little bit closer. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just going to see if I can work it out. I'm not sure yet. Maybe they'll do another podcaster. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, didn't they do a podcaster sort of meeting or something? Yeah, pa- Potapalooza. 
Yeah. 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 I, I think they are planning to do that again, which would be a, a, a great thing to a uh, great thing to watch. Wouldn't it? We'll have to crash that party, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rookie student pilots. Uh, yeah, it's all fun. These great guys. I just, just so yep. grateful. I'm, I'm so glad I, I, I did this, man. It's as you know, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really rewarding. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to your new episodes, the one you've got in the can as well as the the ones that uh, you're ready to put together. Okay, once again, sorry for the abrupt ending, but essentially we finished talking about our hopes to attend Oshkosh, something I'm sure all of you out there can relate to. I thanked him for taking the time with us when we ended. So once again, thanks, Jerry, for talking with me today and for posting your next episode. I know I'll be listening because I just can't get enough flying, whether it's talking about it or doing it. I guess that's just how pilots are, and after all, I'm going to be a pilot. for today's audio cast is the song To Be an Angel from the great Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the Student Pilot audio cast using iTunes, Zoom, or any other podcatcher at www.studentpilotcast.com.